In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Blessed fast of the apostles. As we've talked before, the fast of the apostles is about us looking at the apostles as examples. And we have, we know that the fast starts right after Pentecost, and we receive the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit is there and he dwells inside of us in order to continue to improve us, to make us better, to continue to take us to a higher standard of living, a different standard of living, a, a godly standard of living. And this is what this gospel is about. And I want to focus on one point, and a point that sometimes it's a very well-known point, a point that we hear all the time, and one that we always stop and say, this makes no sense. But I want to talk about it from a different perspective today. The, the, the gospel starts, it says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. This goes against everything that the world tells us. This goes against everything that we grow up learning. If somebody does something to you, you don't have to do the same thing back, but obviously don't love them. Don't, don't go out of your way for them. Don't pray for them. And this is what the world teaches us. And it's this individualistic mentality that we learn growing up. Like, if somebody does something to you, you deserve to, you, you have a right to get back at them or you have a right to do better. No, that's not what Christianity is about. And I think the tougher thing is understanding who are enemies. Because it's easy to look at a time of war and think of, okay, th th there's a war, there's two sides, each side looks at the other side as their enemies. And that's not relatable to us many times, right? So an enemy is simply those who oppose you. An enemy is somebody who opposes you, who doesn't necessarily follow the same train of thought as you. Someone who goes against what you believe in, what your mentality is. And so if we really are truly honest with ourselves, we all have many, many different enemies. It's not, again, the, the enemies that we see in movies and TV shows that are just like people are trying to get you and this and that. No, no, no. But in the world we live in, anybody who opposes us or opposes our views or opposes our understanding is an enemy. Now, I'll say this. If you feel you don't have enemies, you're doing something wrong. If you feel you don't have enemies, because some people will respond to this and say, uh, Abuna, I know the gospel says love your enemies. Thank God, thank God, thank God, I don't have any enemies. Uh, everybody loves me, I love everybody. 
then I would say there's something wrong with how you're living. Because if you don't have enemies, that means no one opposes your views or your lifestyle or your actions. And this is where there's a problem. So first thing, we have to acknowledge that there are enemies in our lives. And again, I'm not talking about the enemies that are trying to kill you. I'm saying that the enemies in our lives are people who oppose us. Now, when our Lord says, love your enemies, love your enemies, our Lord never spoke about something, gave us a command without himself doing it. And so as we know, in the time when our Lord lived, many, many, many people opposed him. Many people opposed him. They came, they followed him to oppose him. He would speak and they would automatically have a response against him. And so this is, this is something that is our Lord experienced. But if we noticed how our Lord responded to them, our Lord constantly, constantly showed love, regardless of the situation, regardless of what was going on, he continued to love. He loved all the way onto the cross, to death. When he loved, even on the cross, those who were spitting at him, cursing him, hurting him, every aspect. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so when we talk about loving our enemies, we have to first acknowledge who our enemies are. So like I said, we all have different enemies. In the world we live in now, we see that people have opposing views to Christianity. If you're a godly person, if you're a godly person, you are going to be looked at differently. And the problem is that growing up, we fall into this constant uh, battle within us. Do I want to fit in with those who oppose? Because there's so many of them. The numbers much more. So do I want to fit in to those who oppose Christian values and Christian beliefs? Or do I want to be in the minority and stand out? And now, the, comfort, the comfortable thing is to fit in. That's the comfortable thing. Everybody's listening to a certain type of music, just listen to it. Everybody has a specific uh, view, uh, political view, uh, whatever. Let's just, because if I, if I fit in, then no one's gonna bother me, no one's gonna say anything, I just live my life. If everybody changed their profile to something, I'm just gonna change my profile. So I, don't, so I don't look different. And this is the struggle that we, we have here. This is the enemies. This is the enemy that we have to fight. The battle starts within. Because the problem with this verse is we don't acknowledge that they're enemies. Because if I, if I join a side that opposes Christian values, then the person who says, Abuna, I have no 
enemies is right. They've become the enemy to the Christian value. They've joined that side. And this is important. This is a constant reminder. And this is why this is a tough passage. When you look at the saints, when you look at the saints, we see that they were different than what the world, the way the world lived. They were different. They were different. We're right now in our church and across the diocese, uh, we're, we're reading the life of St. Anthony. The life of St. Anthony. And for many of you, we, we all know St. Anthony as a great saint. But what made him a saint is that he stood against what the world was about. He felt like he needed to step away from the world. Now, he did it physically. He left and went into the wilderness. And for many people, that's a calling to go and live, you know, become monks and nuns. But for many of us, it's not about being separated physically, but it's about being separated spiritually and mentally. And it's that separation that transforms us. We also look at the saints and we see something in all the icons. We see something very interesting. We see a halo. We see a halo, right? And the halo, you could see it the way it's depicted in the icons. It's around the head. It's around the head. And that halo is the light of God reflecting off of them. And so anywhere they went, spiritually, their light was showing. Now, what does that mean? That means that if they understood, as our Lord is teaching us, that the world is a dark place, anywhere that they went was light, that they opposed the darkness. So now, how do we love our enemies? Like I said, the first thing, first thing is to accept that we have enemies. And if you don't have enemies, that is a problem. We have to acknowledge if, I, if, there's, if there's no one against me and my values, that means I'm on the wrong side. I'm on the wrong side. Secondly, is our Lord says to love, to love. Now, what kind of love is this? Is this the love that means just ignore? Because many times, if, if, if somebody has opposing values, it's hard to love. Even, if, even in, the, in, the, in the simplest of things. Right? It's hard, to, it's hard to love. Because we base love on how we feel. We base love on our feelings. So it's hard to love this person who doesn't like the same things I like. It's hard to love this person who uh, disagrees with me constantly. It's hard to love this person who likes a different, different type of music or a different sports team or a different whatever. That's because we connect love to emotion. And, and again, this is what society teaches us. Love is a feeling. Love is a feeling. 
You have to feel it in order to love. Christianity tells us that love is not a feeling. It could become a feeling. There is an emotional aspect to, our, to, to love, but it, it's not necessary. Loving God requires us to decide to love Him. It's a decision. It's a lifestyle. And so when we love others, it's a matter of deciding, okay, I will love this person regardless of the situation. Why? Because they're made in the image and likeness of God. Regardless of their belief system, regardless of their sins. Imagine if God loved us emotionally. Imagine if God only loved us when, he, when we agree with him or he agrees with us. We'd be in a lot of trouble. The idea is, to, is, is for us to love unconditionally. This is where the word unconditional, without any conditions, without saying, well, I will love you only if you do so and so. And this is why the story of the prodigal son is such a beautiful story. Because the prodigal, the, the prodigal son left and the father, when he came home, when the son came home, the father ran to him. The father could have said, okay, I will take you back. But first, you have to return all the money. Second, you have to apologize. You're grounded for as, forever. I'm going to take your phone. I'm going to take you this. I'm going to take this. Now I can love you. And if you did that, unfortunately, many of us would be like, oh, that, that's a good dad. That's, he's strong. But that's not how love works. Love is unconditional. Love has no aspect of what the other person has to do. Love does not require anything from the other person. So when we love our neighbors, it's not required for them to do anything. They just exist. When, we, when those who oppose us, those who we struggle with, those who we work with that we have a hard time with, those who we go to school with and we, don't, we can't stand, those who are our neighbors that are giving us a hard time, those, who, whatever the case may be, we don't require anything from them. The fact that they exist and they oppose you that's, that's okay. Our rule is to love them regardless. So the first thing is to acknowledge that there are enemies. Second is to love unconditionally. The third is a little bit, I would say it keeps getting a little bit harder. Do good to those who hate you. Okay, Abuna, I'm going to love, but from like, from, from a distance, I don't have to like, now you're pushing it. Why, am I, why do I have to go out of my way for that person? Why do I have to do good to that person? Because our Lord teaches us that doing good, again, is not about the other person. Forget the person that you're doing good for. The good is between you and God. Many people will ask, we see a lot, like, when you exit the freeway here or when you're driving all over the valley, there are a lot of people who are living on the street. And 
many people will ask, Abuna, what, what do you do when you're passing somebody? Let's say you're on your feet and you're walking somewhere and you see somebody on the street. What do you do? And I would say, whatever you feel God is telling you to do. You say, Abuna, well, if I give them money, they're going to go use it for, for, for whatever. And then we start judging. We say, well, they're going to use it for this or this or this or this or this. And honestly, that's more about us. When we say that, that's because that's what we would do if we were in their situation. But instead of judging, instead of saying, this is their issue, this is what they have to fix, this is what is going on, we do good to everyone. Now, we take that to a different level. We are, we are judged based on how we love God and love our neighbors. That's God's commandments to us. So when we love and we do good, regardless of how that person takes it, this is important. Like if somebody, I mean, this happens all the time, youth will complain about issues with friend, friends and friendships and things like that. Adults will complain about issues with friends and friendships and relationships. We, are, we live in a community, so we always are figuring else out how, how we can survive within communities. And so one of the things that we learn is that regardless of what the person does, we need to do good for them. We need to do good. Lastly, we pray for those who spitefully use it. And I say this lastly, but it's not the last thing in order. Meaning, all of these need to be done. When we pray for those who hate us, who use us, who oppose us, again, it's, it's not only for them. Of course, there's a benefit. You're asking God to be with them. You're asking the saint to intercede on their behalf. But at the same time, it's for us. Who benefits when we pray? Who benefits? Us. We benefit when we pray. When we pray, we benefit. Now the result is up to God. And this isn't anything. If we're praying about a certain, to get into a certain school or to get a certain job or for a certain relationship or a certain friendship or a certain whatever. If somebody's sick and you're praying for them, this is important. But who's affected the most from prayer? Us. So when our Lord, going back to the beginning, when our Lord says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. All of these things, it's not for those people. It's for us. And if we do that, our own life will be transformed. I pray that as we finish up the Apostles' Fast, that we look at the Apostles as examples of those who are hated, who are used, who are attacked, who are persecuted, who are put to death. But they, every aspect, they continued in love. And as we continue this fast, that we think about those who oppose us and how we can pray for them and how we can be 
a light everywhere we go, and glory be to God forever. Amen.